So we are in a series called Real Jesus, and we're going to be today in Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 14 through 29. So if you have your Bible, open up to Mark. Uh, it's also going to be on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I think that's what we're going to have up on the screen. Your journey Bible is going to be NIV, so if it doesn't sound exactly the same, that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll work through it anyway. So um, Mark chapter 6. Verses 14 through 29. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he's the prophet Elijah. Still others said, he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John the man I beheaded has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like. The king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half my kingdom. So she went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said. But because of the vows he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. This is going to be a happy message, right? It's a way to start off Sunday morning is uh, someone getting beheaded. Before we, before we dive too far in, though, I want to I clarify who John is. Um, so there is John the disciple, who wrote the book of John, and then the three little books of John and, and Revelation. And then there's John the Baptist. We're talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was uh, the cousin of Jesus, if you read the accounts of, uh, of Mary and Joseph, when Mary was pregnant, she goes to see her sister Elizabeth, and, the, and Elizabeth is pregnant as well, and the baby leaps in her stomach. She was pregnant with John the Baptist. And John, um, John was an interesting character. Um, he, was, he was actually, it was prophesied in Isaiah that he would be the, a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for the coming Messiah, and he was. But he, he was an interesting character. It says in, in Matthew 3, uh, verse 4, that John's clothes were woven, were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. 
For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. That is an interesting character. Camel hair and eating locusts and honey in the wilderness. I think some people actually thought he was crazy. But John was preaching. He was preaching a message of of repentance and he was preparing the way for Jesus. And then he, he began baptizing people. As people started repenting, people started to say, you know what, I believe in that message. He would baptize them. And then one day, Jesus came to him to be baptized. And he baptized Jesus. And he said, he, said, he told his followers, because he, he was starting to collect a big group of followers, John was. He's like, this is the guy that I've been preaching about all along. And some of, some of John's followers were like, great, and they started, they started following Jesus. So John actually baptized some of Jesus' disciples. And so that, that's the John the Baptist that we're talking about. And then, then we have this character, Herod. Uh, it was actually Herod Antipas. He was a son of Herod the Great. He was a uh, uh, tetrarch, tetrarch of Galilee. He was a king. He was a ruler uh, had a wife who was his brother's wife, so that was kind of interesting. But he had subjects, he had power, he had control, and he had a lot of wealth. And from an outside perspective, the average person just looking at this situation would say, Herod is successful. And they would look at John, and they would say, John is a failure. On one hand, we have a ruler with money and women and people that report to him versus a guy that wore camel skins, ate locusts and honey, went to jail and eventually was beheaded. So from, from anyone's perspective, from an earthly perspective, people would say that Herod was more successful. But the title of my message today and the thing that I really, you know, if you write anything down or remember anything is obedience is greater than success. Obedience is greater than success. Being obedient to God's purpose for your life is more important than any earthly success. We know, we know in hindsight that, that John was obedient and faithful to God's purpose for his life. While he may not have been viewed as a success from an earthly perspective, he was definitely successful from a heavenly and eternal perspective. He he preached with passion, even in the face of opposition. He baptized some of uh, the disciples before they even followed Jesus. He baptized Jesus, but he was eventually beheaded. But obedience is greater than success. And... I want you guys to understand this, and I want you guys to know this, because in our lives, as we go through our faith journey, as we obey and, and, and follow God's purpose for our life, things are not always going to go the way we plan. Things aren't, aren't going to always go the way that we want. And uh, John, by, by God's measure, was extremely successful, even though it didn't probably turn out the way John expected it to. And to be honest, the outcome wasn't much different for most of Jesus' close followers, right? History tells us that Paul was executed, most likely beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. 
The Apostle James was beheaded. Andrew was crucified. The Apostle John was boiled in oil, didn't die. So they just had to exile him to an island. It's not a really good outcome. And then one of the first martyrs, Stephen, was stoned after sharing the truth of the gospel. But this shouldn't surprise us that things aren't always going to turn out the way we want. Jesus himself told the disciples in his last days, he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We have to remember that earthly success is not our measurement standard. Obedience and faithfulness is. I don't know how many of you... uh, followed the, the things that are going on in the, in the NFL too much. I know there was uh, someone that came forward and said that the NFL was scripted to a certain degree. I don't know how many of you have heard that. Or how many of you, how many of you, uh, I know you won't raise your hand. How many of you guys follow like fake wrestling? Nobody. Nobody that'll admit it. But uh, in that they've got a script, right? They look at the script and they kind of see how things are going to play out. Um, and they've got to follow that script. Can you imagine if John the Baptist got the script on what was going to happen with his life, how he would have felt? If God said, hey, here's how it's going to go, John. You're going to be the cousin of Jesus. You're going to go and preach, and you're going to have all these followers. It's going to be amazing. And then then your cousin's going to come on the scene, and all your followers are going to leave you, and your church is going to shrink. And then you're going to get arrested, and then... uh, the the king's going to cut off your head. How do you, you think John would have felt if you had read that script? He'd have been like, wait a minute, I don't know if I like that script. Can we, can we work that out a little, bit, a little bit different way? I don't think we would have liked that script. But when, when faced with the question and, and pushed with the point where when people came to see John, they said, they were like, hey, all of these, all of these people that were following you are now following Jesus, you know what John's response is? He must become greater, I must become less. How many of us are willing to become less so that we can fulfill God's purpose and plan in our life? That's a tough one. You know, we we want to follow our own script, don't we? Instead of asking God what his script is for us and following that, we want to write our own script and then ask God to bless it. Say, God, I got this script for my life. Can you come and bless my script so it can go the way that I want? You know, that was actually the original sin with Adam and Eve. They wanted to be, they were tricked into wanting to be like God, and they wanted to call the shots. They wanted to know the difference between good and evil and, and, and make their own decisions and write their own script. And so we have that same tendency as well. You know, in these, in these verses, there are other characters that were following a script. Herod was following his script. It was a script of power, control, pleasing others. He knew, he knew it was wrong to behead John the Baptist. But he had made a promise in front of the officials, and he didn't want to look bad. So as much as it bothered him, he, he went ahead and did anyway. He was following his script of i got to exercise my power, control, i got to please others. His wife Herodias was, was following a script. It was a script of revenge. 
I'm going to get back at John because he embarrassed me. I've got a grudge. I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. I, I married my husband's brother against you know John the Baptist telling Herod that it wasn't the right thing to do. So I'm, I'm going to run this script of, of, of revenge. She was following a script. So my question for you is what script are you following today? What script are you following that you're asking God to bless? I know for me, growing up, I was following my own script. My own script was athletics, success, all of those things, and I was hoping that God would bless them. And when I was a senior in high school, playing football, you know, my, my script was, I'm going to play football, I'm going to go get a scholarship to college, and then I'm going to play in the pros, make a lot of money, and then relax and retire and have just a, a great life. That was my script. And it didn't work out that way because I tore my ACL my senior year in high school, got mad at God because he wasn't following my script. And fortunately enough, he gave me a wake-up call. And he, he showed me who he was. And that began the process. Again, it was a process of me following his script for my life. Because every time I tried to go you know, one way and follow my own script, he'd kind of tap me on the shoulder and say, uh, roadblock, you're following the wrong script. And so I, I'm, I'm blessed that God put those roadblocks in my path, but it is so tempting to want to follow your own script. So what script are you following? I think uh, many times, and, and this is either how we're raised or our perception of what Christianity is, I, th I think we have a distorted idea that once we become a Christian, everything is just supposed to go smoothly, right? Everything's just supposed to work out. And we know everything we read in Scripture and what we see, that is not true necessarily from an earthly perspective. Granted, if we, if we follow the, the way that God wants us to lead our life, if we follow his teachings uh, and the natural order of things, our, our life should typically go better. But you know what? This is a, a broken world with people making poor decisions and things that happen, people that aren't willing to hear the gospel, people that aren't willing to, uh, to change their life. And so there is going to be difficulty and trouble. And so we just have to understand that and we have to know that there is a, a better treasure waiting for us in heaven if we are faithful and obedient to God's call. And so if we know that obedience is greater than success, that things may not work out for us, what should we do? We should obey God with eternity in mind. Obey God with eternity in mind. And there's, I think, three, three things that I can put under here that, that I think can help us go out this week, today, and be able to, to actually do this. So obeying with eternity in mind, what does that look like? First and foremost, pray daily. And we pray daily, we ask God what he wants for our life. Instead of just getting up in the morning and hustling and going on with our to-do list and then asking God to help us with our to-do list, we want to get up and pray and ask God, what, what does he want for our life? 
And that, and that may not just be a morning thing or uh, once a day thing. That may be constantly through, through the day because uh, I know in my life, if, if I am not focused on God throughout the day, I'm on my to-do list and the things I have to do, and I put my head down and I go. But I know when I'm sensitive to, to what God is asking me to do, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, whether I'm at work or whether I'm walking through the grocery store, I am aware that God may put someone may put someone in my path. I'm aware that not everyone is having a good day and maybe uh, just smiling at them, asking them, asking them their name, asking them if I could pray for them. Maybe it's kind of putting aside, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys are this type of person, but I'm like the person that has to be on time at all costs. So if I have like an interruption in my day, that's sometimes a challenge for me because I, I love to be on time. Sometimes I've got to put that to the side because that's, that's me and uh, trying to please others. If God is calling me to do something, I've got to lay that down to the side. So we have to, we have to pray and ask God what he wants for our life. And sometimes that's going to mean putting, putting down our script. Because we all have a script, right? So pray, pray daily, asking God what he wants. Second thing, take steps of obedience, no matter how small you think they are. So you're praying daily, you're asking God to show you what he wants, and he, he gives you a little nudge. Maybe you're walking through the parking lot, and you know someone needs help with, carrying the groceries, or someone needs their, their ice scraped off their car, or you get that nudge like, you know, you should call your friend, you know, John, and ask him how they are today. When you get that nudge, take those small steps of obedience, because what happens there is you're listening to God's voice, you're doing what he says, and now you're going to be more sensitive to the Spirit's leading the next time he asks you to do something. Every time we take those small steps of obedience, our sensitivity to God's voice grows stronger and stronger. And I know sometimes it is so easy to ignore that voice, again, because we've got places to be, we've got people to see, we've got things to do. But once we do that, we create this habit of obedience. Don't ignore God's voice when he nudges you. Be aware. Take those steps of obedience. And... You know, you may not get an audible voice of God when you're when you're praying and asking Him. So you're like, well, how, you know, what are the small steps? What He's going to ask me to do? I like to focus on some of the basics. So one, loving God, loving others, the two two main commandments: loving God, loving others. So how how are you doing with that? You know, before I put a post on social media, I'm thinking fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I probably shouldn't post that. <laughs> nope. That's, that's, that's being obedient. It's like, you know what, I know that's, that's not something God would want me to do. Those, those little small steps of obedience. And those are really basic, easy things to understand. I think sometimes, you know, as followers of Christ, we want to, uh, you know, dive in and you know, unpack complex ideas and scriptures and theology. It's like, let's, let's get the, the basic things down first. Let's love, love God well. How is your intimacy with God? How's your prayer life? How's your quiet time reading scripture? How are you doing loving others? How are you doing in each individual action 
during the day demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit when you're in contact with people that rub you the wrong way. Small steps of obedience. The third thing, so we got pray, praying daily, asking God what, what he wants for your life, taking steps of obedience. The third thing is practice sharing your faith. Again, like I said, I like to go back to the basics, to the things that I know are, are specifically clear in Scripture. And Jesus, before he left the earth, he said to go and make disciples. That was a command to his followers. That's a command to us. And um, one of the biggest challenges and struggles that I think we have in the U.S. as followers of Christ is we are challenged at verbally sharing our faith with others. Jesus said that we would be his witnesses, and witnessing is not a passive activity. In Romans, I really like this passage in Romans, Romans chapter 10, <clears throat> uh, and I'm going to start with verse 8. It says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about the faith we preach. If you open decla- openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here's the good part. But how can they call on on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Now, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot, but when was the last time that someone heard the good news about Christ from you? He said that the, the beautiful feet bring the good news. I don't know about you, but I want to be, be someone with beautiful feet that bring the good news. And it's not just, I know, I know uh, a lot of times there's a focus on um, preaching a good sermon with our life. Absolutely. Absolutely, our actions should reflect that God, that Jesus is our King, that, that we have the fruits of the Spirit, that we love others deeply. But at some point, we have to share the good news. And I know we, we have fear about this because it's like, well, what if they ask me questions that I don't know? Um, you know, what if, what if it doesn't go well? What, you know, all, all, these, all, these, all these questions. But did you know that the early Christians, they did not have a New Testament? Did you know they didn't have a, a membership class or Engage 101, fortunately, that you guys have? Do you know that the stakes were much higher considering they could be killed for sharing their faith? All they had was what they had seen, what they had heard, and what God had done in their life. And they shared that. 
And you know what? People came to faith by the thousands. They took what they had and they shared it. If you are here today and you're a follower of Christ, God has done something miraculous in your life that's worth sharing. Absolutely, he has. And so it's time that we take that step and share that with others. We share our story, share the message of the gospel of forgiveness, and then we let God handle the fruit. And again, it's not, it's not always going to go well. It's not always going to go well. I, I, uh, I was thinking about Paul. You know, there's a time when Paul was, was, was out preaching the good news and uh, he gets stoned for it. They thought he was dead. They dragged him outside. They thought he was dead and everyone gathers around him and they pray and they help him back up and he's alive and he's like, let's go back in and keep preaching. I'm like, man, I know I've never been threatened with being stoned or beheaded, but for some reason we have that fear of sharing the good news with others. I think sometimes often we don't share our faith with others because of our fear of man. And sometimes our, our you know, the perception of ourselves, we, we often love ourselves more than we love others, Jesus and his glory. So I think that the third thing that we can do is, is practice sharing our faith, and that's sharing our story, sharing God's story. And that, that ties in with obedience. Um, how many of you guys have a, uh, have a trophy case at home? You willing to admit it? Certificates on the wall or plaques or anything like that? I don't, but um, I, can, I can imagine, you know, I know at some of the schools they have all the, the trophy cases and everything, but imagine that there is a trophy case in your life, imaginary trophy case. I'll t- kind of tell you about mine. You know, I've got one that's athletic achievements, academic achievements. Maybe you've got career achievements and there's stuff on the shelf. Maybe it's money and wealth or whatever that may be. Let me ask you something. What's on your eternity shelf? What's on your treasures in heaven shelf? Those other shelves aren't bad. But you know what I want to hear more than anything? Well done, good and faithful servant. I long for the time when I'm in heaven and someone taps me on the shoulder and says, I'm here because you were obedient to what God was asking you to do. I'm here because you took a bold step and talk to me, or you took a bold step and, and did something that God was asking you to do, and that's why I'm here today. I long for that day. There's nothing on any of those other shelves that can compare. And you know what? I, I don't want any of you to have regret. Because, you know, we read in those first verses, Herod had regret. He was like, oh my goodness, this is John the Baptist resurrected. I'm in trouble. I don't want any of you to have regret. My, my prayer for each and every one of you is for you to be faithful and obedient to God's call. I want, in the, in the next 12 to 24 months, I want each and every one of you 
to experience the joy of being in the water helping to baptize someone that you helped on their spiritual journey. I want each and every one of you to have that joy. I want each and every one of you to have treasures that you are building for yourself in heaven. I don't think there's anything greater, any greater purpose that we can have here on earth than than following what God's script is for our life. You can't go wrong. And you know what? When we get on the other side and God says, well done, we'll know that it's all worth it. No matter how many struggles we faced here while we were on earth. Let's pray. God, I, uh, I thank you that we have your scripture, that we have the accounts of those people who, who followed Jesus closely. And um, we know standing here today, because we're standing here today, that their mission was successful. They may not have gotten the earthly success or, or things that we think that are successful, God, but they, their mission was successful because we are here praising and worshiping you, God. So I thank you for, for each and every one of those followers, those early followers who uh, were obedient and faithful to your call. God, I pray that each and every one of us here can be obedient and faithful to, to the purpose you have for our lives, regardless of, the, of what that means for our earthly success. God, I pray that you give us boldness. I pray that you give us uh, your wisdom. And God, I, I pray that you give us a heart for those who are far from you. And I pray that, God, that you just um, just give us your, your supernatural power so that we can just have the confidence to share and to walk with others as they grow closer to you. I lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen.